Yeah. We, we are the epitome of black female love. Yeah. Easy for us as, as black women to, to hold up the banner and the call for everyone else. But again, who's, who holds up the banner and the calls for That us? we as a black church are perpetuating the mm -hmm. same behavior as a patriarchal evangelicals have been yes. doing. Hello, 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 my sister. I don't know what just happened to Dr. Oh, Wright. Okay. Hello, how are you doing? And are you ready? Uh, are you ready for Christmas? Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always ready for Christmas. I guess that has many levels, you know, it has levels, so. I think I'm all right. I think we're good. How about you? Um, I am almost, almost there. Rosalind, Leslie, um, thank you for joining us. Um, let us know, those of you who are coming in, coming in, like, tag, and share. Um, and uh, let us know where you are listening from, Where, what city you're in, or what state you're in, what state you're in. Um, I'm almost ready. I, I uh, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> since I'm in this retired phase, you know, um, which is usually the busiest time of the year, uh, the, the students at Georgetown, their last day they had to clear out was uh, mm -hmm. yesterday. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, <clears throat> I get to enjoy uh, this holiday season. And so it's quite well. And I'm looking forward to flying out um, on um, <laughs> this week and, and um, not having to rush back um, for any <laughs> Sunday services. And <laughs> you know what? You know what, Burns? You know what? I am going to celebrate you. Come on. Come I on. am going Sad. to celebrate you because I know it's been a many, many years, many years where you could not celebrate. So I'm celebrating you today. Um, yeah. Mm, my goodness. As I look, yeah, I'm going to celebrate you today. I'm excited for you. I really am. As you try to turn that thing in okay oh no 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 not at all it's um um not at, right. not at all I was... thompson hill yes she okay. is i am no i was actually, i was i was talking um i was at a at, at a um holy convocation last week and talking um with the sister pastor and they were you know talking about the stresses and i was like wow yeah that's right and my goodness. You can never remember it. Oh, my goodness. Come on. Oh. <laughs> uh, yes, I will find a church and, and worship somewhere during the holidays. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dr. Thompson Hill. I hope that you and your husband and family do the same. God bless you. <laughs> Reverend Casey, hello. Um, hello, Karen, coming out of Detroit. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, well, now what did you say yet? I'm happy. Right. <laughs> I understand, Dr. Thompson Hill, because when one works, another one works. It does not work hard. Um, so, right before we came on air, right before we came on air, the Colorado 
court. Let me let me read it right before we came on air. I got an AP news break that Donald Trump is ineligible to hold office again. The Colorado Supreme Court ruled disqualifying him from the state ballot. That's Colorado. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's one. I mean, it, it, so, you know, usually it only takes one one state and to kind of begin the process. Effect. Yeah. So okay. let let's see what what happens in this. Wow. Um, my goodness. But um, so what, what wonderful things do you have planned um, church wide or family wide um, for, for this this season? And some of you who are in our chat who are coming in, joining us today, kind of let us know um, what, what are some of your Christmas traditions uh, that you'll um, you'll be celebrating? I guess because it is throughout the year, it is such a hustle and bustle. Um, Right, Rosalind? (laughs) Um, (laughs) My goodness. We are, I'm enjoying family, period. And that's what I want to do. That's my desire. That's what my heart desires. And I believe the Lord is going to grant that. So I'm excited about that. And of course, we're going to share with um, our church family as well. But just being home. (laughs) Good for me. Wow. What about you, Dr. Wright? Any uh, Christmas celebrations, family traditions uh, for you this season? My granddaughter has moved into a new home and she has decided, first I was going to cook dinner, but she wants everybody to come to her home and to enjoy this uh, new setting. They just moved in on the 16th and I'm like, you already want that crowd? Yes, she does. And so um, we're going to go over and we're going to uh, spend that time with her, which I'm excited about. And so I'm grateful. I am grateful. Yes, uh-huh. the Casey family. <laughs> family. Yeah. That right there. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, that is so wonderful here. And, and, and really, y'all, y'all just have to understand just the excitement on, on my end. Normally for me, um, I have to, um, I'm on a plane either late Christmas Eve or um, on Christmas Day headed to to be with family because I always had Christmas Eve services. And um, and so then not leaving until last, after our Vesper service and if I'm able to catch a flight um, or not. And so it's just really nice uh, to um, be traveling uh, this year before Christmas Eve uh, to, to be surrounded by family and friends. And so I'm really um, excited, excited about that. Um, I want to continue to keep our sister, um, Brenda Wallace, um, in our prayers. And if you all just, you know, every now and then, if you think of the ladies of Time of the Wisdom, very specially lift up um, Dr. Wallace um, as, um, you know, she's dealing with the grief of that sudden loss of her sister. And, um, and, and so we know that these times, all kinds of memories are brought up um, for us. Um, during this season. And so we especially ask that you um, keep um, Dr. Wallace um, in your prayers and just lift her up. And you think about us, you know, something happens when it just say, oh yeah, Lord, cover Dr. Wallace. And we'd be um, um, ever um, so grateful for you doing that. I do want to say this, you know, one of, um, as we talked about partner ministries, and I know we have our guests that's backstage, but um, one of um, the initiatives of Kingdom First Ministries, um, a ministry that I have an opportunity um, in this season of my life of being, um, I'm being the leader of, 
is that we had a, um, a goal of 4,137 souls that um, we wanted to be one for the kingdom of God um, in 365 days. And, um, and so each week we kind of, we have an update, we have an update, we have an update. And so this week um, we have an update of 128 souls um, have been one to the kingdom. And so since we started asking God for this, 289 souls have been one to the kingdom that we're aware of that, you know, um, connected. And so we ask, we ask that you all just keep, um, you know, Kingdom First Ministries, you know, in your prayers as well. And all those were connected uh, to us uh, so that um, that we can um, that we can watch God exceed our meager number, right, um, of, of souls being one uh, to the kingdom. So thank you. All right. Thank you, Ms. Laura. Um, for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, Jenkins, I'm um, praying for um, Dr. Brenda. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you. All right. So Dr. Wright, I know that we have a tremendous guest backstage, um, has some familiar kind of facial similarities kind of going <laughs> on, you know, so uh, take a moment and uh, let us know about our guest and why we why it is that it's so important that we have this guest with us this time of the year. Absolutely, absolutely. I am, I am blessed and excited to be able to um, not only reintroduce and present um, my youngest daughter. This, um, I remember when she was just a little bitty girl, I was talking to my, my sister and I had bought some penny stocks and as I was uh, talking about these penny stocks, my sister said, why do you keep buying that stuff? And I said, I don't know. I said, maybe it's going to, you know, it's going to just make big money one day. And uh, my daughter was coloring a picture and she never looked up. She says, my daddy said, if you buy good stock, you leave it alone and it'll grow and grow and grow. At which point I turned and I looked at her. She was not quite. Five. She was turning five um, a few months outside of the that little kindergarten birthday. I got her up, marched her to the school. I said, enroll her now because she can't stay home with me. And so uh, she uh, was one of those early kids in, in, in school. And she has not failed to exceed that mark in a lifetime and and so she she has she's just a brilliant young lady she is my youngest daughter she is a mother she's a uh she has five beautiful children a phenomenal husband which they together they own and operate williams financial located in kansas city missouri doing a wonderful job and so i'm excited to be able to introduce to her miss stacia williams as uh, she comes on to share with us tonight, a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of knowledge. And I, I don't cease to get tired of listening to her talk about how our money matters, but most more importantly, how it matters with women, because we want to shop till we drop and that's it. And so I'm excited tonight to introduce to some, present to others, my youngest daughter, Stacia Williams. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you so much. I might have to have you start introducing me at my workshops. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, 
it's, you know, I'm excited that you're here at this time of year because everybody's running around spending money, spending money, spending money. Of course. And uh, as you are well a witness to, you know, I, I have 24 grandchildren and I used to think it was really cute to try to run and spend money and buy all these gifts. But as the number of the grandchildren grew, you know, <laughs> I, I did the Carlton Pearson thing. You yet holding on is a dollar, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and normally when we start our broadcast, one of the things that we say is that we, we would say to people is, how are you managing out here in these COVID streets? But what's happening is COVID is starting to kind of take the back seat, but there's some other viruses that are stepping up. So, you know, we're, we're, we're not a hundred percent out of the woods, but I mean, how are you managing the, being the mother of five children and keeping everybody safe and keeping everybody together. And don't you talk about that code either. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, first of all, I'm managing. Um, I think that you did a wonderful job of instilling wisdom in how to manage against sickness. And thankfully, um, I don't have a weak immune system. Um, so that's truly been a blessing. Uh, but I, I will say that working with the demographic that we work with, we are always mindful. And so, of course, we're managing uh, with washing hands and, and making sure that we do our due diligence and keeping a clean environment, um, especially in between appointments. And so and as far as the kids go, um, managing by, yes, I do keep I try to keep a code on them, even though I learned new information the other day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's one of her clients is uh, one of the. One What's of the, the new information? Yes. So, so I had a uh, so one of my clients is a doctor. She's a holistic doctor, and so as we were talking, she was saying that how she didn't like to wear coats, and that's one of my biggest things. Our pet peeves is I don't like to feel suffocated in a coat. And my mother has always, always go outside, put a, put your coat on before you go outside, make sure you have a hat on your head, wear shoes or wear so house shoes or wear socks inside the house to prevent all these, to prevent colds. And so when we were talking, I said, so you don't get sick often? She said, well, no. She said, colds aren't caused by you not wearing a coat. She said, actually, the reason why you get more colds in the winter is because every more people are inside. She said, when you think about it during the summer, we're outside. So I said, so it has absolutely nothing with wearing a coat. You can go outside with wet hair. She said it has absolutely nothing to do with getting colds. So I had to drag my mother in because my mother is temporarily holding down our front office. And so I had to call her into that appointment to get that information straight from a medical doctor. <laughs> uh -huh. Good to know. Good yes, to know. Yes, yes. So. <laughs> But it actually okay, so 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 you you all know I, I'm gonna have to do the other side of this. I'm so grateful that you had that doctor say that to you. But I'm still wearing my coat. Right, right. Just, <laughs> me, just, just like I see those videos of people not washing their chicken, okay? And the FDA said you didn't have to wash your chicken. So go ahead. Right. <laughs> you know, I certainly want to use wisdom. Um, but I actually I don't get sick often. I don't wear coats in the winter. Um, and I do again. I have my kids wear, but it made a lot in of in Missouri. Yes, ma'am. I don't, I don't, I'm not a really big coat person. I mm. think it's cute when y'all have y'all's different coats on and you, they match your outfits and everything. It's so cute. <laughs> but it's not for me. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Listen, as we are all aware with the news media, the commercials, and the Amazon Prime trucks blocking the driveway, 
the package pirates running up, stealing stuff off your porch. We know that it's the holiday season and money's flowing everywhere, right? Yes. Tell us, what are some of the ways that we can protect ourselves from these holiday scams? One of the biggest things I want to touch on is the phishing scams. Um, now with this new AI-generated technology, uh, it's easy to impersonate voices. It's easy. And one of the latest scams that I heard of is actually very sophisticated. Um, I met with a lady and she was a little upset about, uh, or she said her husband was upset because she said she works for the government. She said, how could I be so stupid? And I said, well, what happened? She said, well, he's upset because I got scammed. And I said, well, tell me, how'd you get scammed? She said she answered a phone call. And on the phone call, the call was coming from her Discover card. And she said, I never give them information. I always make them give me the information. So apparently they had enough of her information to make her feel comfortable and let her guards down. And so the caller was telling her that there was a charge currently on her Discover card uh, at Home Depot. And it was being and they call, were calling because it was it flagged, uh, caused her alert. Um, and so she looked at her card and sure enough, there was a charge um, that. And so he said, ask her if she would like for him to do due diligence and blocking the charge. And she, of course, said absolutely. And then he asked her for her information. What she did not know was that he was the one that had char made that charge. And so he got her to let her guards down and then gave her all of his inf or gave him all of her information. Wow. So. Um, I would just caution people to be very, very, very careful um, and give as little information as possible. And anytime you feel uncomfortable, hang up and call the company back. Hang up and call the 1-800 number that's on the back of your card. Uh, but that's, yeah, because again, scammers are getting very sophisticated. Right, right, right. Whoa, but I'm, I, wow, that's sophisticated because I, I know for myself with my cards, you know, I have alerts on, you know, I get mm -hmm. alerts in particular ways. And and so wow, so here here's something that occurred. The guy an alert calls her, gives her basic information, mm -hmm. and then and all of that's fine until they. But there are times though with with I know like even when I've called, there, there's still times so that they ask for some kind of information to verify. So how do we know what that line is in 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 verifying when we're when we're talking? How do, how do we know how to discern that line? I think the biggest thing, if at any given time you feel uncomfortable, because yes, they will use lines such as, I can't give you that information because we're not allowed to get that information out. You have to provide it. But if all else fails, I would always encourage you, if you think that it is an alert, if you think, the great thing is, if it you do have a fraud alert on your credit card, the great thing is that a lot of times you can dispute those charges. Even with your debit card, you're able to get that cash back. So the first thing is to slow down. And because we get in such a hurry, we let our feelings get us excited. And then we start acting off of emotion and we start being impulsive. So the first thing is to slow down. Secondly, if you feel at any given time uncomfortable or if you're running into those roadblock comments, such as I can't provide that to you, hang up and call the number on the back of your credit card. Mm -hmm. Wow. Makes sense. Makes wow. sense. Wow. Yeah, that and that makes a lot of sense of uh, uh, I was talking with a young lady the other day and she said that uh, a company called her and they began to tell her that they needed XYZ information. And I said, you know, that's really odd. I don't think that they normally make those type of calls. 
And I think that's part of the other thing is, is this the norm? And just like you said, it's, it's a holiday season. People are moving, grooving. Their focus is distracted. And so we don't always, you know, they don't always take the time to do their due diligence. And I've gotten to the point to where I'm using a card. I stand right there. Once my card has been given back to me, I stick that card back in the slot I want it in, in my wallet, not the one you want me to put it in because you in a hurry. I put it back in the familiar slot and then I go from there because that's usually when the stuff happens because you forget, you know, you're moving fast and you forget. Well, one of the biggest things too, when you're handing your card over to pay for something, always have your card facing down so that your credit card numbers aren't being shown. Because if in a situation like the one that I just gave, if somebody has the last four of your credit card number because they've seen that, or even if they're walking past your table, a lot of people have a bad habit of when they get ready to pay wow. their, their bill, they leave their credit card on top of the table with the credit card numbers facing up. So I always encourage to either don't pull it out until you're actually giving it to the server. And when you're giving it to the server, turn it upside down. Or if you're handing it to a cashier, make sure that you are concealing those, that you are hiding those credit card numbers because it's very easy to get a hold of that information. Girl, you're going to help somebody tonight. Well, hopefully. <laughs> you, you know, I came from that generation of the bra and girdle bankers. You know, everything went in the bra and the girdle. Yes, where it's very safe there. <laughs> um, and that one, of, one of our viewers just said this, because um, I, I, I was thinking this, because one of my cards is like this, is as many numbers are, are now on the back of the card. So essentially your suggestion to us is, it's to flip it the other way. So just basically whatever side, and she's absolutely right. Whatever side that your credit card number is on, just flip it the opposite way. You have to get in that habit and training yourself to just be mindful. And again, the biggest thing is to slow down. We are rushing everything. This society today has us rushing to do everything. And because we are rushing, we are making careless mistakes. That makes a lot of sense. What attracted you to the financial industry? What what made you wanted to get into something like this? Because I, I remember once upon a time, you were going to be a pediatric brain surgeon. Yeah, so I was actually going to be a few things in my past life. I was going to be, I always said I wanted to be either a doctor, a lawyer, or a model. Uh, let's just say that the modeling didn't work out because I got an agent that thought that we should be together all the time, and that wasn't going to work. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't pursue being a doctor because the biology classes were too hard, and I couldn't seem to get my grade up past the C. And then, of course, well, that left me with becoming a lawyer. So I did go work for a law firm. Um, and I was in the marketing department and business development. But once I got behind the scenes and saw how, corp the, how corporate uh, law firms work and how the politics work, I decided that it wasn't necessarily in my best interest or what I wanted to pursue long time. Um, and so I actually came to work alongside my husband, who was in the insurance industry. And as he was building his company, I was helping behind the scenes. And uh, I will say starting off, I got fired a lot um, and I will give this tip for anyone that is watching and you work with your spouse. It takes a lot of prayer and a lot of understanding and a lot of wisdom. Uh, but the biggest secret or the biggest tip that I would give to make it successful is you have to learn your lane and you can't you all can't drive in the same lane because if you're constantly driving in the same lane, somebody's in the way. 
which will cause mm-hmm. arguments. So needless to say, I didn't figure that off or figure that out right off. Um, and so I, I came to work with him and eventually we started figuring it out. Well, as he was advising, he would have single women. And so he came up with this idea that, Stacia, if you're in the room, because I would meet the women out at the workshops or at the events, um, and when they would come into the office, he said, well, if you're in the conference room, they feel more comfortable. They seem more relaxed. And so I started sitting in on those meetings. And one, of, I'm very observe, uh, I observe a lot. And one of the things that I noticed is that these women were being talked at and not talked to. Now, my husband's absolutely amazing, and he was very close to his grandmother and very close to his mother. And so it's not like he was intentionally doing it, but he's just a man. And so he would use terms that I, he would say a term, and then I would look over at her, and her face would say that I don't understand, but her mouth wouldn't move. Well, in the financial industry, what you find a lot of is that just that financial advisors, number one, they're mostly men. This is a predominantly male field. Um, number two, we don't a lot of times, especially with black people, we don't have the education. And so and we're afraid to speak up and say, I don't understand or we don't want to ask questions because we don't want to look stupid. And this is not different for women. And so I began advocating and seeing once I would see that I began stopping here, pausing him and asking her, do you understand what he's saying or do you have any questions? And I did that more and more and more. And essentially what it was doing was walking me into a space or setting me up for to fill a void that was that's been in the financial industry. Um, There are not a lot of female uh, financial advisors, let alone a lot of black female financial advisors. Um, So I would say what brought me into the space initially was being observant and noticing that there is a void that we didn't understand and we needed help. We needed a voice. And so I wanted to be that voice. Wow. When thank you for for being that voice because it 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 makes thank you. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do your clients have to be in the same state with you or can they be in other states? No, they do not have to be in the same state um, as I am able to get licensed anywhere. And I am insurance licensed as well as series licensed, which means that I can advise on investments in Texas. Yes. So I do do tax planning. I am not a CPA, um, but I'm glad you asked about taxes, because especially as we. No, even, no, no. I said taxes, but taxes. Go oh, ahead. Taxes. OK, no, I'm sorry. But go, <laughs> yes. ahead, go ahead with taxes, though, because okay. we need to go there as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yes, I am licensed in Texas. I'm licensed in Texas, Nebraska, Kansas, Missouri. Um, but and again, I'm able to get licensed in any state. Um, but no, speaking of taxes, yes, um, I, I'm not a CPA, but I do do tax planning for our clients because um, when you talk about things that are missing, information that is missing, here we are, we accumulate all of this money and then we end up giving it away when it comes to taxes. Um, so that is a, a area that I focus heavily on and how I add value to clients. Just just real, um, just in talking about taxes and, and inheritance, and I know it's not much you can say because you know, um, people need to, to come see you um, individually. But, you know, just generally speaking, you know, um, we, there seems to be, you know, for, for those especially who are people of color who want to leave something to their children when they, 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 they die, right? There's, there, how, what, what's, you know, there, there's like this inheritance tax or is there a way they can navigate or, or what just generally can you say to that? 
Yes, ma'am. So some of the common plans in leaving it to younger kids are 529 plans or even UTMAs. And the first thing I would say, Dr. Burns, is don't get discouraged by the amount, um, any amount, anything that you're putting away uh, with the power of compound interest, which is essentially when your account earns interest over the years, your accounts, your money can grow. Um, but when you talk specifically about legacy, we are a legacy firm in the sense of we understand that we are younger than our clients and we're one day we'll be working with our clients' kids. And so we're very intentional about making sure that we set their retirement up if that is the focus of course, our client is the priority, making sure that the client has enough income to last for the rest of their life. That is most important. But then you oftentimes, especially with women, you have a lot of clients that basically say that I want to leave monies to my kids. I want to leave monies to my grandkids. And so the first thing we focus on is how can we make that tax efficient? And when you talk about the inheritance tax, how can we leave generational wealth? Um, there are several different strategies that you are able to accomplish this goal through. Um, but again, you have the 529 plan. That is the most common. But I'll say this, too. The problem, the issue that I find with the 529 plan is as I watch these generations, you are having actually I was reading a stat um, in the New York Times and it was talking about how there is from 10 years ago, college graduation rate has dropped drastically. And the thing about it is when you look around, everybody's an influencer. Everybody's uh, on a social media or entrepreneur. And so college is not the number is is. I, was, I won't say it's not currently the number one go-to, but it's becoming less and less and less. Um, so a 529 plan is, is, is helpful to your, um, to your legacy or to your grandkid if they go to college. If they do not go to college and these funds are withdrawn for anything other than school purposes, then you absorb all those that tax liability back. So um, if you are 100% certain that they are going to college, then a 529 plan is great. Um, <laughs> If you're not, then there's also an account called the UTMA, which is U-T-M-A. This is a brokerage account. And by placing, you can uh, contribute to this account every single month, every however you'd like to contribute to it. And you can do this up until the age of 21. At the age of 21, that account is then turned over to that minor, um, which could, uh, it could be a downside. If, but we can help clients work through that as well if the 21-year-old is not ready. Um, but that does it eliminates that tax liability that falls with the that comes with the 529 plan. Um, and then the last strategy I'll talk about is what's called an IUL, an index universal life policy. One of the things in doing what I do, I wanted to be intentional about giving my kids, I, I believe in practicing what I preach. Um, both George and I. And one of the things that we wanted to do was we wanted to provide a legacy for our kids and we wanted to actually give them the gift of retirement. And not to say that paying for a wedding is not important or paying for a car is not important or paying for a house is not important. One of the things I wanted to make sure that if for some reason my kids did not get it right as they were going through life, that when they get ready to retire, they will have tax free income. And so I accomplished this goal by uh, using a strategy called IUL, Index Universal Life Policy. Um, and for everybody's situation is different. But here's what I can assure is that, number one, I am the owner of the policy. And so until I actually hand that over to my kids, then it's I, I've been I reap all the rewards of or the benefits of the policy. Um, secondly, when it if, for example, they were to once they do receive the policy, it comes with the death benefit. So if anything happens to them along the way, God forbid, but I will inherit a tax free death benefit. OK, um, if say once I hand it off to them, 
their family, if something happens to them along the way, they will inherit a tax-free death benefit. So it's a very unique strategy. It's a strategy that's been around for a very long time. Uh, a lot of wealthy clients utilize that strategy to continue passing down that generational tax-free wealth to their children. Wow. And I know that was a lot. That was, so that was, wonderful. That was wonderful information. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. I believe I heard you, Dr. Burns, say that, you know, I know people need to call you. One of the things that I am set on my mission and probably what sets me apart is because I, I don't believe in withholding information. I agree to be on here and I will give you as much information as possible, because at the end of the day, I work with these strategies every single day. And I'm not worried about if you if you have a financial advisor that you trust and that you're comfortable with and you're comfortable taking this information back to that financial advisor, then do that. You, I'm not that person to hold on to information so that you have to come through me. The most important part in what I do and what gives me purpose in what I do and how I do it is that I will give information to anybody that is willing to listen. That's a blessing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me, it's a blessing and it's rare. Yes, ma'am. Yes, oh, ma'am. Yes. Well, I'm not missing any 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 meals, Dr. Bradford. So clearly God, God got the message. <laughs> He's blessing me in return. <laughs> Dr. Amanata said, I wish I could have you come and speak to our college students. This information is fantastic. Well, Dr. Dr. Amanata, if you want her to come, I'm her manager. I can <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, I had the um, I had the opportunity recently to speak to uh, so Kansas City, uh, the next page agency, they have a um, it's actually the first black talent agents. And so what they focus on is black talent in the inner city and getting them connected with the bigger companies. Um, and so I recently had the opportunity to speak uh, to a room full of their talent. And it was very, um, it, I will tell you this, to be able to give this information to those who otherwise don't have access to it, I can't speak on the sense of fulfillment that you get from that. So again, if you have college students, if you have kids, whoever it is, if they, if you want the information, I most certainly am willing to show up and give you the information. Regina Garrett said, I missed the intro. Where is she located? Kansas City. You just tell her where you're located. Um, what are some um, of um, uh, Garrett is um, located in Georgia. And so I think she's asking that. And so I know, um, Dr. Wright, this is this is a, a person who's related to you, but if we could have our guest answer um, the questions, please. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her where you're located, ma'am. I'm located in <laughs> I'm located in Kansas City, Missouri, but thankfully because of technology, I can get anywhere. So yes, I am based in Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah, this may be a good good moment to share how they can get in contact with you. And then we can do it again at the end. Okay. So I'm going to give my my email address um, is Stacia S-T-A-C-I-A at Williams Financial LLC dot com. Or you can go to the website of www.williamsfinancialllc.com and you can fill out an inquiry and I most certainly will get back to you. Um, I do keep eyes on that in general inbox as well as my team. So, and we respond very quickly. 
Give the second email address, please. Yes, ma'am. So Stacia, S-T-A-C-I-A, at Williams, with an S, financial, LLC.com. Yes, that is correct. Perfect. 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 Now, what, now the website. It's Williams, financial, LLC.com. And I'm all over social media um, as well. So, and you can just Google Stacia Williams. Not Google me. Uh, well, I, I wasn't saying, I meant that from the most humble place. <laughs> I just, I, that's probably, rather than give a million handles out, just to, if you just insert it in Google. I, it, I, it works. I, it definitely works. <laughs> Stacia Williams, Kansas City, and you will find I assure you of that. Love it. I love it. What uh, advice would you give to uh, women or an individual who's considering starting their own business? I think the biggest thing is a lot of times when you talk to entrepreneurs or when I've talked to entrepreneurs is you're excited about your idea. And that's the first step is being excited about something. Um, but I think the first thing is establishing, are you excited or are you passionate? Because if you're excited about something, that can wear off when, thing, when times get tough. When you're passionate about something, it's the tough times that make you even more passionate. So I think the first thing is to is that figure out what it is that drives you. And that's really boils down to finding your purpose. Um, the second thing after you found your purpose is to figure out how are you going to how is your purpose going to add value to your target audience? Your target audience being that perfect, that person and figuring out who you want to market to. Everybody is not your client. Everybody is not your market. A lot of times we make a, make the mistake of trying to be in front of everybody. I am a financial advisor that is exclusive to women. I cater to women. My message is to women. And I make sure that everything that I do speaks to that. Um, so identifying your target audience and figuring out how you can actually add value um, to that audience. And again, if you're in the candle making business, I'm not saying your candles don't smell good, but you can go into Target and walk down the aisle and smell a million different scents. So how are you going to add value? What's unique about the product that you are offering to your target audience? So first, establishing what you're passionate about, not excited about. Secondly, establishing purpose. What is the per does this give you a sense of purpose to make sure that you keep getting up every single day to do it? And then also identifying how you're going to add value to your target client. Ma'am, don't come for Target in those candles. I think they're pretty smell pretty good. No, they actually smell great. And I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. And they're great. And there's a Target in every city. So that's why I'm saying if you're in the candle making business, you have to figure out a way of I was once watching Shark Tank. And one of the best things that I took away from uh, Shark Tank is the 30, 30 second pitch. Think about it. Like, and I always challenge entrepreneurs. Um, if you are on an elevator and you're on an elevator with your with an investor, you have 30 seconds, or in sometimes less than that, to pitch your idea or pitch your company. What are you going to say? What is going to make that investor reach out to you? What is going to make that investor be interested in you? Mind you, they hear a ton of different pitches, um, and so figuring out how you're going to add value 
establishing the problem and figuring, figuring out the solution of how you're adding value, that immediately sets you apart. Yes, 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 yes. I like that. I like that. Um, I had another question. On. Well, I do have a question, though. Let's let's talk about retirement. Yes, ma'am. I um, love retirement. I, I know you do. I know. <laughs> how how would you how would you prepare women to retire if they are? 20 years out, 10 mm -hmm. years out, five years out, or even two years out. Okay. So okay. let's start with, um, for anybody, let's just say, and I'm just going to go 20, 30, 40, 50. Um, let's start with it actually 30, 30, 20 and 30 years old. Uh, the first things first is to contribute, is to invest, is to set up. You want to make sure that you have checking savings in place. Okay. Six months of emergency funds. So you really at 20 and 30 years old, you want to start with the basics. Do I have a checking account? Do I have a savings account? Do I have an emergency fund account? Because your savings account and your emergency fund are completely different. Um, and then you want to take it a step further to do I have an okay. investment account? And you uh, hold, can hold just one second. Um, um, because I've 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 happened to be to to um, have been blessed to serve in a lot of different areas, mm -hmm. and so the language you're using sounds common to me. Mm -hmm. But however, what I found is that there are a large percentage of people of color that mm -hmm. don't believe that they can have a checking or a savings account. That somewhere the community mm -hmm. um, that they are in has told them that they, that they are not able to go into a bank. And open a check-ins account or open a savings account. So can we just kind of start with with that? With yes, that because because I've I've seen generations be raised in check cashing. That grandmama goes to the check cashing <laughs> place to pay the utility bill, and she got a grandbaby with her while she's paying that utility bill at the check cashing place. So that so yeah. Here's why, and, and you that is a very valid point. So taking a step back and talking about checking and savings. Um, check it. First of all, anybody can have a checking and savings so long as you have not damaged your relationship with the bank. And when I say that, as far as when you go in, you have to provide your social security number. As long as you have not done anything faulty um, or questionable with that bank, most people are able to open a check, checking and a savings account. Um, so how would you do that? First of all, find out. I like credit unions because credit unions tend to be more personable. They tend to be more relationship based. And I understand that everybody wants to walk in Chase Bank, but in understanding, too, from our community, <laughs> you might not be treated the same way as the next person walking into Chase Bank. Um, so if you're starting and you're not very knowledgeable, um, I would start off with walk, finding your community your credit union. Um, and going in, you want to take your driver's license, you want to take a form of ID. And usually I think it's a piece of mail as well. Um, so that's the first things first that, yes, we do. We no longer have to go to the check cashing places and pay this high interest rates in order to basic paying them to give us our money. That is a thing of the past. If you are receiving a paycheck, ask your employer about setting up after you've opened your checking and saving account, ask your employer about opening or setting up direct deposit. That allows for your paycheck to go directly into your checking or savings account. And if you can usually have it go to multiple different accounts. Um, so that's the first things first. Set okay, so, 
So yes. um, let, let me pause now because you said direct deposit and I know Cash App seems to be real popular right now. And so is Cash App the same for folk as having a check it or a savings account? Uh, and, and no, ma'am. Cash App is an app. It's um, it is a it is a financial tool. Uh, but Cash App is really kind of just like a transactional app. It's not again when you talk about checking and savings. Um, it, it's a checking and savings account is typically with the bank or with the credit union. Um, and so when you talk about Cash App, Venmo, um, Zelle, all of those, I personally don't do my checking. Don't, those are just for one off transactions. And that's the mindset, how we have to reshape our mindset. So I would start there. And then the next account that I mentioned is an emergency fund. Um, but I actually want to take a step back and give this one tip to because a lot of us don't save because we feel like our money is not safe inside the bank. Your money is insured up to $250,000, okay, if the bank is FDIC insured, okay? So first thing, when you, if you're going to put two hundred more than $250,000 with that bank, then you want to make sure it is FDIC insured and your money is pretty much protected up into that $250,000 threshold. Um, so your money is safe is what I want to say that. So we can take it from and by putting the monies in the bank, you allow yourself to earn what's called interest. Now, I do want to give this tip because savings accounts, I know several clients that come in with savings accounts and they come in with money market accounts, but those accounts aren't earning any interest. And so essentially um, they're they're not keeping up with everyday living or everyday expenses. You can look up what's called a high yield savings account um, just to throw out a couple of names, Synchrony Bank, Capital One Bank. And you can go online and Google these, um, but Synchrony Bank, Capital One Bank. Um, but these are high yield savings accounts that when you have your money sitting there uh, right now, I think Synchrony Bank is at four point seven five percent. So instead of sitting in your savings account earning zero, your money can be earning up to a four point seven five percent in interest which is essentially monies that is credited to your account. What, so let me ask you about bank one. Um, we, we're, we're talking about uh, what's up, uh, Bank United. We're talking about our, our community and community wealth and building, building uh, uh, wealth uh, legacy. So uh, Bank United is a Black bank that was started by the grand great grandson of the original banker from Tulsa, who had the Wall Street Bank, and so his uh, grandson has started a bank. Okay. And, um, I have an account there, and and honestly, I'm a little excited about my black card. All right. Go ahead. Well, and I think that um, I, I think that if we want to support our own, I don't I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to support our own. But my biggest message is to I don't care where you set these accounts up because it's about supporting yourself. You got to support yourself before you can go support others. Um, and so I think it's great that if you want, I think that especially when you look at the black banks, um, they're usually focused more on what they can provide to the black community. Um, so I definitely think that that's a good thing to look in. But um, but after you've established your savings and your checkings um, and, and your emergency fund, then look at investments. And this is for 20, 30 years old, 20 and 30 year olds. Um, look at the, all you need to do is put one hundred dollars in every single month 
into what's called a brokerage account. You can go to fidelity.com. You can go to charlesschwab.com and open up a brokerage account. And this is just money that you can then call that 1-800 number and you can ask them to walk you through. Obviously, we don't have enough time, but you can ask them to walk you through how to open up a brokerage account. And then they will show you also how to put funds into that. Um, and then if you're working, please be contributing to your 401k. I met a gentleman the other, other evening as we were in conversation and he worked for Ford for 25 years. And he said, I'm just trying to get to my 30 years. He said, he said, because I get my pension. I said, that's amazing. I said, have you been contributing to your 401k as well? I know I said, so you're going to walk away with your 401k and your pension. And he looked at me, he said, 401k, that's the stock market. I'm not putting no money in there. That is a huge, huge, huge mistake. Um, so a 401k, find out if your employer has a 401k plan. And then if they do have a 401k, ask them if they match your contributions. Meaning if you put in 2% and they match 2%, then they will give you free money essentially. Um, so those are the very basics for, um, for 20 and 30 years, 30 year olds, and then start an IUL as well. For someone that is, let's say, for, and I, I would say 40-year-olds can fall into that category as well, but looking more towards retirement, which is 50-plus or 50-plus community, um, that is the community that I cater to every single day. There are five things that you want to consider when you're getting ready to retire. Your income plan. What is your income going to be? I have clients all the time who come in with a million dollars and they're scared because they don't know they they're not concerned or they're not confident that these monies will last them the rest of their life. So it's all about income. How can you generate a lifetime income from that big from the lump sum of money that you have? And a pinch the way of the pension has gone away. So not everybody is retiring with a pension. But if you've contributed to a 401k or if you have some type of lump sum then it most likely can be turned into a lifetime stream of income. There are different strategies for that. So income's one. Secondly, risk. The older we get, the less risk that we should take. Meaning we should not have the same investment strategy at 20 years old as we do at 60 years old. You do not have the time that a 20-year-old has. So with that, it's important to be working with a financial advisor that is adjusting your risk according to your age, not their needs. And when I say their needs, financial advisors get paid to keep your money in the stock market. Um, so that's income, that's risk. Uh, third, taxes. You've got to understand that we've been taught to contribute our money into pre-tax accounts, which are IRAs. But there comes a time when the government wants to collect their portion of that which is called RMDs, Required Minimum Distributions. And with the tax laws, tax laws are the only laws that are written in pencil. So with the uncertainty of tax laws, it's important that you always understand what your tax liabilities are. And I would encourage whoever's listening, when you say, okay, how do I know what my taxes are? Google 2023 tax brackets, or since we're coming out of 2023, Google 2024 tax brackets. You're going to see that up to 89 for a single person, up to $89,000, you're in uh, this particular tax bracket, you're in a certain tax bracket, up to this amount, you're in a different tax bracket. That is the percentage of your money that they are charged that you're going to have to pay taxes. Okay, so if you're in a 12% tax bracket, you're going to have to pay 12% taxes. 
Um, so understanding what your tax liability will be. Um, and then, of course, third, there's your health insurance, the health care, Medicare, making sure that you have a solid health care plan. Because if you don't have the right Medicare or health care plan, especially if you retire before 65, you can't start Medicare until you turn 65 unless you've been disabled for more than 24 months. But if you don't have the right health care, it can and will cost you. So understanding what your health care options are. And then last but certainly not least, that's legacy. We are women. One of the things about women is we're going to live longer and we take care of everybody else. But when we get ready to retire and we look up, there's nobody left to take care of us. So I encourage my, I prioritize making sure that there is a legacy plan, some type of long-term care benefit to where my clients can control how they are taken care of as they get older. So those five things that I mentioned that when you asked Dr. Bradford, what, how do I make sure I'm covered for retirement? Making sure you have a lifetime income, making sure that you're you're taking the appropriate amount of risk, making sure that you have a tax plan, making sure that you have a health care plan. And last but certainly not least, making sure that you can take care of you when nobody else can. A legacy plan. Wow. That's powerful for all ages. That's good. That's wonderful. Absolutely yeah. wonderful. Absolutely. Stacy, I, I, you have been quite creative and you've been very vocal about helping women and even uh, from what you do. One of the things that you created for your clients and I think is simply amazing is called the Social Sisterhood. Tell mm -hmm. us about the Social Sisterhood. So um, our firm is called Williams Financial Group. Um, but again, as I came aboard as an advisor, as I grew into the advisor space, I uh, created a sector called Women in Finance, which educates women on finances. Um, but there's one more component that I felt was missing as I, we were, as I was doing my diligence in educating women, and that was the social part. One thing that I noticed as women would come in and sit down in front of me after they've worked all these years, served everybody but themselves, I would ask them, so I would be excited, what is retirement going to look like for you? And, when, and I would get a lot of blank stares, or I don't know, or I'm going to go hang out with the grandkids. That's not retirement. That's you hanging out with the grandkids. Um, and so... Uh, what that that brought to my attention that as we go through life, we do put everybody's needs before our own. We put our kids needs, our bosses needs, um, the jobs needs, whatever. Everybody comes before ourselves. And it's in a sense, we lose ourselves in the workplace. Then we step into retirement. And because we built this life or our, our social life at work, when we step into retirement, if our friends are still working, then we get lonely, we get bored. So one of the things that I wanted to be intentional about providing to our clients was a social aspect. And so once every other month, I do fun things with our clients to, to connect all of these like-minded retired or pre-retired women. And we've taken dance classes together. We've done a happy hour together. <laughs> we've, uh, we've taken martial arts class or taken a self-defense class together. We've done crafting together. Um, but essentially, the whole idea is I don't talk about finance, don't talk about education. It's simply to introduce or to basically get you back into that space so that you can remember what it felt like to laugh, what it felt like to feel again. Um, and so that's called social sisterhood. Yes, yes, yes. And it is amazing it's to wonderful. see women of all different wow. uh, walks of life, all different backgrounds and, and and people that don't look like us and people that do look like us and just to come together and meeting new friends. And um, I, she had an awesome, um, uh, awesome 
uh, Christmas party. The theme was the Gatsby, the great Gatsby. And there was a, a group of women that came in from the Philippines and several of them are clients. Then they brought their friends and they took over the dance floor and they all began line dancing together across. And it was just so much fun, so much fun. And so it's nice to see the women be able to interact and enjoy. Absolutely. And that is the only rule. And I know we're wrapping up. The only rule that I have is that they come in the same spirit that I, I brought them in, that I accepted them. Because as women, we are taught to compete. And I want to tear down those barriers, tear down those stereotypes. If I'm out and I see a young woman taking a picture and she's quote unquote being the most, I celebrate with her because I don't know what she's been through. So as women, we have to stop putting on our hats of judgment and we have to start sticking together. If I have information, I should be giving that information to you. I should be educating you. So I just want to encourage all women to stick, to truly stick together because we are not in competition with each other. At the end of the day, we should be able to count on each other and rely on each other and love each other. So I, I want to be a sounding force, a strong force in that area and encourage all women. Stop judging and start supporting. Let's celebrate. Yeah, let the people say Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So once again, I, we put it in the chat earlier, but just so they can hear those who are joining us, if they want to contact you, they want to find you. Um, I saw someone put in the com comment about, boy, she needs to speak at churches. How, how do they reach you? Yes. So I just, I gave out my personal email, Stacia, S-T-A-C-I-A, at WilliamsFinancialLLC.com. Or you can go fill out um, a contact form on our website, WilliamsFinancialLLC.com. Um, or, of course, you can look me up on social media. Um, but, again, if there's opportunity, I most certainly am open to exploring it. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, ladies, so much for having me. And what you all are doing is amazing. I absolutely love what you're doing. And please keep doing it because it's very much so needed. Wow. God bless you. Thank you. Have a wonderful Merry Christmas. Hang around backstage for us if you would, please. Yes, ma'am. Well, Dr. Wright, they said you sure did good in raising this one. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Well, ladies, my sisters, Dr. Bradford, Dr. Wright, um, Dr. Wallace in her absence, 2023 has been absolutely phenomenal with you ladies. Um, to our viewing audience, um, we are in our Christmas New Year's break. We will be back, I think, around the second or third week of uh, January. Um, but from us to you, we wish you a very Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful, wonderful New Year. Love on your family. Celebrate your family. Celebrate your friends. Laugh a lot. Eat a lot. Have a lot of joy. And um, don't forget, it's all because God has allowed his grace to shine on you once again. God bless you.